Well, we're going to continue in 2012. I've heard it called 2012, 2012, 20 dozen. I've heard it called a lot of things. Um, 2012, uh, we're going to continue on something that we did last year on our midweek service, and that is uh, this teaching uh, banner, so to speak, of real life. And uh, because I feel it's important that we talk about some real life issues, not just Bible history or whatever. Let's talk about some real things that we're dealing with. And um, we're going to kind of stack some things at the beginning of the year um, that I believe are going to be very, very helpful so that we're equipped concerning uh, some things as we go into this year. Also, um, and I have mentioned this to you, and and did you get a chance to read um, your welcome home if you were here this weekend? Did you? If you haven't done it, you're going to read it later, okay? Uh, But make sure you get a copy of The Welcome Home. I believe the Lord has put in my heart and pressed upon me that this year is to be the year of the heart. And we'll be talking about everything we do actually comes from the heart. All the good things, the bad things, they proceed up out of the heart. And so it's very important. We need to look at our heart, uh, get our hearts healed and cleansed and filled and so forth. And so we're going to kind of be majoring on that through, throughout the year. And so I just wanted you to, to be um, thinking about that and aware of that. And we'll be diving in this Sunday or this weekend, rather, I'll be teaching um, two parts of a two-parter. Okay. It was going to be a one-parter, um, but on through faith. Does anybody here have some through faith? And we talked about that. You'll need to be with us again this weekend. And then we'll be going on into some other things. One last thing, after every service, everybody say, after every service. After every service, there are people that are ready to pray with you up in this altar for anything that you need prayer for. So I don't want there to ever be an occasion that you would walk away and say, you know, there was nobody to pray for me or no opportunity. After every service, as part of what we do, I feel very uh, directed of the Lord that that is available every service. So for healing, for your marriage, for whatever it would be. Um, make sure you get up here and they're, they're glad to pray with you. And that's after every service. Amen. Well, as, uh, as we um, dive in um, tonight, uh, and y'all are, are, you're awake, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Just want to make sure because you're like real quiet and just like you're, you're cozy. Um, stir yourself up here. Let me write two big words here for you. Can anybody guess what the next word will be? Directions. You say, Pastor, you could have just told us. I know. But it's a a way to teach and draw you into something. You have to know that everything boils down to this. Everything boils down to this. Your decisions... Your directions. Everybody say, my decisions and my directions. By direction, I mean which way are you going, okay? Everything is about this. This is a summation, really, of, of everything. You can look at a person's life, what's going on in their life. How many of you, just be honest with me, have made some wrong decisions before and gone in some wrong directions before? Why do we call them wrong? Because it doesn't work that way doesn't work that way. And, and don't get tired of hearing me saying this. When you make wrong decisions and go in wrong directions and they go together, 
you, you pretty much decide to go in wrong directions. Come on. Amen. When you do that, you're going to incur damage. You will incur damage emotionally, relationally, financially, spiritually, in a lot of different ways. You're going to incur damage. So we're going to, have, we're going to look at some things right here from the get-go of this year regarding our decisions and our directions and some things that, that will make all the difference. How many of you wish you could go back and change a few decisions or, or directions? Okay. And what we want to do is to, to be able to move forward and make the right ones. You are where you are. Life is what it is right now. And what happens next as far as what we can control, as far as what we have any say-so in, it's our decisions and our directions. But if we're not set up right, if we're not equipped right, you're going to continue to make wrong ones. This is like me sit, sitting in algebra class and, and the teacher telling me, just try harder. <laughs> I'm still uninformed. <laughs> try harder. What does that mean? Just bear down more with my pencil? I don't, I, I don't know. It's not working. And so there are some things that we're going to have to uh, become in possession of that are going to help us in our decisions and in our directions. And I hope that makes sense for you. Several topics that we're going to cover at the beginning of the year as we get going on this. Um, first of all, one of them is wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Is wisdom important? Amen. Wisdom is the principal thing. And we're, we're going to hit on that. Uh, real shortly. And then courage, because you can know the right thing to do, but then not have the courage to do it. Have you ever chickened out on doing the right thing before? And, and so we've got to have courage that goes with it. It's part of what I pray daily as, as a, a husband, a father, a pastor, a leader, is I need wisdom and I need courage. I need, I need the two to go together. And then thirdly, and this is huge, consistency. Everybody say consistency. Did you know if you could just be consistent, if we could just keep doing the right things, it's, it's just incredible. Keep going in the same direction over, over the long haul. Incredible the results of that. But what I've really felt prompted to do, and I, I um, uh, labored a little extra on this because I want to make sure we present this right. We can talk about wisdom, we can talk about courage, we can talk about consistency, but I think there's something that is grossly missing in a lot of the people of God and certainly in our nation, and it is this, convictions, convictions. And so tonight I want to kind of talk about the process of developing some real convictions because you know what, if you make decisions based on your convictions... And head in directions based on convictions. It's going to be a whole whole different world. So let's deal with this a little bit. First of all, I want to give you some late breaking news that I I read in the last day or so that tell you a little bit about our culture. Okay. NBC announced that the 2012 Super Bowl is sold out. All of the 32nd slots for commercials which sold for a record $3.5 million for a 30-second commercial. Are y'all here? $3.5 million to put on a 30-second commercial. All of those were sold out by Thanksgiving and are under production. And, you know, I'm probably going to watch the Super Bowl, and I'll enjoy it, and I hope there's a few 
uh, funny commercials. I doubt any of them will make me buy anything. You know, they may make me want to eat some Cheetos or something, you know, but, but I doubt though. But, you know, I'm just, I'm just thinking how easy, how quick, you know, things like that. That's a lot of money floating around. And then you'll be real excited to hear this one. Uh, USA Today uh, published their 2011 Celebrity Heat Index. And what that is, it's a chart that shows the exposure of a celebrity or person in magazines and websites and so forth. And the number one ranked person that we have heard the most about, that we've read the most about, they've had the most uh, copy and coverage on TV and everything else, the number one, you ready for this? Kim Kardashian. You know, we kind of have the culture we deserve sometimes. And some of you don't know who she is. Ignorance is bliss. And then we have reality shows galore. And I'll usually give them about 10 minutes and see if they're really a reality show and then kind of go on. And they're so scripted and so produced. So even what is called reality now is so, so scripted, so produced. And we just, you know, we're being played for a bunch of idiots. Really. And you should be put out a little bit. Now, can you change it? Probably not. Probably not. But you know what? You can change some things for you. Um, let me dive into some things here. Ephesians 2.2 in the Message Bible reads this way. You let the world, listen to this carefully. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. Did you hear that? You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. Listen, what comes in, garbage in, garbage out. And if we with no discretion, no discernment, just allow things into our life, our conversations, all of these different things, it's going to show up right here. And you don't have a chance. You don't have a shot. And making right decisions and right, uh, and going in right directions. If you're getting all your information out of darkness, and by darkness I'm not putting anybody down, but God is light, and this is light, and and they may be smart, and there may be a lot of research that go with things, but you know the spin will be wrong if 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 it does not come from light, and and. If you're getting all your entertainment, all of your information, all of your news, everything else, if you get that from darkness and you're letting that shape your decisions and your directions, then, then we're in trouble. We're in trouble. Don't worry, this is going to get good. You're like, ah, oh, Kim Kardashian, I was hoping for Gaga or something, you know. Uh, gag, gag. Um, um, did, did I say that out? Well, all right. Romans, we're talking about convictions tonight. Romans 14, 5. One person, now this is a for instance passage. Let me back up on what I just said just a minute ago regarding a, a talented young lady who has gifts from God, 
who is lost in a snowstorm. Okay, so don't ever despise a person. But we don't have to approve of behavior and so forth. Just want to make sure that. People of God need to be lovers of people that were made by God. Okay, I want to get that clear. All right. Romans 14, 5. This is a for instance passage. One person esteems, let me insert for instance, one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. And in the context of this, it talks about different foods and different things. And one thinks this is holy and one thinks this is better and, and all these things. And, and then it says, let each one be fully convinced in his own mind. Let each one be fully convinced in his own mind. So regarding these things, you and I have to come to a point of conviction regarding things. We have to arrive at a place in our hearts, in our minds, for our decisions, our directions. We have to have a basis, a foundation, which would be called convictions. And tonight I want to kind of take us on a a short journey that will help us uh, hopefully to develop those. A conviction is a firmly held, unshakable belief. It's almost hard to fully define it because there's so many words that float near it. But it is different than an opinion. A conviction is different than an opinion. A conviction is different than preference. Um, Our society, our culture largely, listen, and we're in the world, but we're not of the world. But we are to light it up and we are to flavor it. Okay? That's part of the reason that we are here, to be light and salt. And what's the other one? And sugar. We're to be kind, too. Um, but as, we, as we're here for this, our society and our culture are basically without convictions. You say, well, people feel very strong about some things. But if you'll look at it closer, it's really not a conviction. Because a conviction, when you have a real deal conviction, it lasts. It is made of a substance that it is unshakable. When you get a real conviction, you'll die for it. You'll lose people out of your life for it. You'll, you'll, you'll do what it takes because that rules your decisions and your directions. And largely, we have a flip-floppy society and culture, and they really don't have convictions. They have trends and fads and opinions and preference And sometimes people believe things simply because of tradition or because of fear. And we could go on and on and on with this. But if you'll notice, those things can be swayed. Those things can be dropped in temptation, in crisis. Change your peer group and you'll watch watch people. I recently saw an interview, you know, we had this Occupy movement. And people will gather together and camp out. And I I think we need to note it, but I, I... but. Same things kind of repeat themselves over decades. If, if anybody's over four years old, you've kind of seen a few things re- repeat themselves. And there was an interview, and I forget which Occupy this was, and there's all these hundreds of people, and they're just camping out, and they've got signs, and they're protesting and doing some things. And uh, the uh, journalist went in and was interviewing and just asked some people, do you know why you're here? What is this all about? If you could boil down what this movement and why you're taking the time to do this, what, 
what would you say? Just put it in a sentence. Nobody had anything to say. And a couple of them were like, gnarly dude, it's just kind of cool hanging out with some people. (laughs) So don't tell me the whole thing is convictions. Okay? We, of anybody on this planet, the people of God, had better have some godly, Bible-based, I know that sounds old-fashioned, it's eternal convictions about some things. Anybody with me tonight? There are some issues that at some point in your life you're going to have to consider, sooner the better, consider, examine, get informed, seek counsel, search scripture, and wrestle it to the ground and get settled on some things. What do I believe about this? Why do I believe this? Why do I do this? Why don't I do that? Why am I for this? Why am I against this? At some point, you and I are going to, and and like I said, sooner sooner than later and sooner the better, you're going to need to get a hold of some issues. I'm going to suggest a few for you here in a moment. And you're going to have to wrestle it to the ground and do the work, do the hard work and get settled on where do I stand on this? Where do I stand on this? Why do I believe this? Why do I not believe that? Why am I for this or for them or against this or against them? You, you've got to know and be able to articulate these things. Another uh, side of the verse out of 1 Peter, we're ever ready to give a reason for the hope that is in you. Why do you believe what you believe? And to do it with meekness and to do it with kindness. Okay, now, well, I just believe this, and the Bible says that, and so you can burn in hell if you don't like what I, you know, and I've heard that. How many of you have heard that kind of thing before? That serves no one. I said that serves no one. Y'all are too quiet, cold people. And honestly, and, and I've started doing this more and more. Maybe it's the older that I get or something, and I'm not old either, but. Sometimes you're talking to somebody that you know and you have known and then you find them in kind of a gray area. And just to ask them the question, do you not have any conviction about this? You know, because you know that some people know better than what they're doing. Come on. What, what's your conviction on this? And this is exactly what we want to know from the people running for office. Where do you stand on this? You know, what, what do you believe about this? What would you do about this? And we really, we applaud somebody who just has some conviction. And not just kind of play in the field and catering to everybody and trying to, you know, to gather some, well, that's a whole other subject. So let me give you a list of a few suggested things that you might could work on to wrestle to the ground. And hopefully you've got a lot of these settled, okay? What about honesty? What about situation, situational ethics? Do, do we really have to be honest all the time? You, you've got to have some conviction about this. What about a work ethic? Do you really, I mean, does it really matter? Because there's so many people that are just slackers and they're just barely doing whatever and only watching, serving with eye service, you know, men pleasers. Do we really, should we really have a good work ethic? Now, don't just bob your head at me. I mean, is it a conviction in you? Whatever I set my hand to do, I'm going to, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it heartily as unto the Lord. I'm going to do it with some excellence. 
You know, this should play out in everything we do, whether anybody's watching or not watching you. And honesty is, is as long as the day is long. I mean, be honest. What about gossip? Well, it's really not gossip. It's kind of like I'm sharing a concern and a prayer request. Not, not too long ago, a lady caught me in a store and she said, did you hear about And I just, I didn't. I just didn't. I, I, men are masters at changing the subject. I know I'm, I'm throwing us under the bus, but we are. And so I just changed the subject because I thought if I don't, I'm going to get mad. I'm going to say something. She's going to get mad. But it's just, do you not have any conviction as a child of God that you can just yakety 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 yak? Do you not have a conviction about gossip? And see, you need to settle that. Well, it's fun. It's juicy. I heard, you know, some... If you get a conviction, a true godly conviction, you'll arrive at a place where you go, you know what? I, how about them bulls? <laughs> Hold on, there's more. And part of this list, I'm just gonna shoot through, okay? Because I gotta tell you how to get convictions here in a moment. What about purity? What about sexual purity? What about modesty? What about alcohol? What about abortion? What about drugs? What about church attendance? Do you have any conviction on these things? What about stewardship? What about credit and debt? What about TV and movies? What about tattoos and piercings? What about manners? What about cursing? What about this or this? this? And the list goes on and on and on. And hopefully a couple of those fluttered by you and you're like, hey, I wonder, I wonder. Well, you know what? I'm wanting you and I'm, my job is to tell you the truth. And I'm going to be telling you the truth like never before. And because we, we don't have the time to patty cake. We don't. And so, but you, yourself, you can't just say, well, Pastor Tim says, you've got to get a conviction in your heart. You know, regarding these kind of things. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 23. It says... All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. It's saying everything is permissible except things that are forbidden by Scripture, things that are forbidden by law, and things that are forbidden by your conscience. But everything is not good for you. There's some things you can do. You know, you could, you could eat a box of cereal. Literally, you could eat the box. You could. It's not good for you. Well, you could. Are you with me? Well, we're free. Don't let your freedom be an occasion for stumbling for you or for anybody else. Just because you're free, don't flirt on the edge of what might bind you or destroy you. And we've got to be careful about we have so much liberty and so much freedom, and thank God we do. But every man is going to have to settle in his heart. Every woman is going to have to settle in their heart some real convictions to build their life on, to make decisions and directions. Oh, I'm not going to let you off on a, a three wimpy little amens here, you know? All right. Now, 
Let me go through about, let's see, I've got about five things I want to share with you real quick, and we may actually next week take a little more time and break these out. We're going to have to build some convictions in our life. So the first thing is this, Scripture must be your authority. Scripture must be your authority right here. You've got to find out, Lord, what do you want? Lord, what did you say? So the first thing that you want to do about any of these things or any of the list that could be multiplied out of the list, that uh, brief list that I gave you, uh, is you need to find out what Scripture says. You need to find out what God said. Because you know what? When the whole shooting match is over, and all the dogs and ponies are putting away and everything is done, you're going to stand before the one who created you and redeemed you, and you have to give an account of yourself to him. Yes. And, and even born again and sins forgiven, he's going to want you to give an, an account for every idle word that you spoke even. I mean, there's some accountability that comes. I have to answer to God. You have to answer to God. What about decisions I made as a husband, as a father, as a pastor, as a neighbor, as a whatever? I I better have those things settled, and they cannot run contrary to this. God gave us, let let me back up. Do you you remember some of the books you had in in high school or whatever, and that had a key in the back, had the answers in the back? Here it is. Here's the answers for all of our questions. It's right here. And the first thing we need to do to build our convictions is base them on Scripture. Scripture must be your authority. Scripture will either speak precisely and directly about something or it will speak by principle. But everything is covered. Everything is covered. And let me tell you that Scripture trumps preference. Scripture trumps tradition. Scripture trumps Social norms, opinions, upbringing, you name it, final authority. Everybody say final authority. authority. All right. Secondly, let the Holy Spirit teach you, guide you, convict you, and deal with you. Okay. One of the things that the Holy Spirit will do is he will convict you when you're wrong. How many of you have had that happen? Why is he doing that? Because he's trying to move you toward right. When he convicts you of wrong, he's trying to establish a conviction of what is right. And so we've got to let him deal with you. And so this is one thing. And what is today? The fourth? It's still early in the year. And let's get a habit of this. A holy habit of this. Most people don't let the Holy Spirit work with them. He couldn't work with them hardly at all. Because you can't hear him. Because you don't give him any time. You're going to have to start your day with a word from your sponsor. You're going to have to start your day with the creator. And you know what? As he begins to taking time to say, work on me. Help me. Listen. Invite him. Don't let up. And when you come back the next morning and and you made no progress or you went worse or whatever, I don't want him to be quiet about it. I want there to be a 12,000 pound elephant in the room. You know, that's like, mm -hmm. 
And, and for him to work on me and to work on you, let him teach you, guide you, convict you, deal with you. In John 16, verse 13, it says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, he's the spirit of truth, has come. He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you of things to come. Back in verse 8 of the same chapter, it says, and when he has come, watch this, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And so let the Holy Spirit work with you. Um, this might be novel for, for some of you, okay? And, and I don't say that in any kind of condescending way at all. But see, sometimes we get too busy and we feel like we have to fill all the space of our devotional time with God. So we, we're going to read and we're going to do this and we're going to pray and, we're gonna, and we do all those things. And you need to invite the Holy Spirit. You know, if I'm not doing this wrong or if I'm off on this decision I'm making, then Lord, if there, see if there's any wicked way in me. Search me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, let me know if this is off. Let me know. And you know what? He'll let you know. And you know what? He, and he won't beat you up. He, 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 won't, he won't beat you up. He won't berate you. And, and thank God he won't work on everything at once. You know, he, he won't on morning two when you come back say, all right, I got my list. Sit down, Gilligan. He's strategic. He's surgical. And he'll start to work on things. And you know what? As you make progress in things, you're going to love him all the more. You're going to learn him all the more. Life's going to be, uh, things, colors are going to be changing and coming on for you. You're going to be making better decisions and directions. And then, you know what? Continue to invite him. And you go, really? I was blind to that. And maybe you would guess that you might have some blind spots. The spirit of truth knows those things and he can, he can help you with this. Listen very carefully. I'm not going to be able to finish all this tonight. We'll continue on it next week. But listen, do not harden your heart to the Holy Spirit. Do not ignore him. Do not try to close your ears. Let him work in you. Because listen, this is where the real difference is made. Now I did a lot of, I've done a lot of teaching on this. I keep referring to this. And I want to come back to this real quick. And we're going to wrap up in just a moment. How many of you know the Holy Spirit is, is vital in our life? 17 of you. Where would we be without the Holy Spirit? And Jesus said this. He said, I'm going to go away. And when I go away, I'm going to send you, get this carefully, another comforter. First of all, revealing that Jesus was a comforter. But that word another is huge in the Greek in that it means I'm going to send you another comforter. And it means essentially this, someone just like me who will do in my absence what I would do if I were present with you. But I'm going away and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he'll be another comforter. And he works in our life in a whole lot of ways. And I've kind of put them into four, four areas real quick. First one is to be spirit born. That's vital. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be what? Born again, and we're born of the flesh, but we're also born of the, born of the spirit. So you've got to be spirit born. And then Paul told us all that we need to be filled with the spirit. How many of you know that that's in the Bible too? And if it's the spirit of another comforter, just like Jesus, it's the spirit of Jesus. And people, 
I think more people are worried or concerned and focused on gifts more than fruit. I think fruit's more important than gifts. I said fruit's more important than gifts. And the more you have the fruit, the more you can be trusted with the gifts. But I think there's a dividing line. And these are prerequisites. And these are for everybody. Spirit-born, spirit-filled. But here's where the real difference once... I mean, this is like every standard equipment. Everybody should be born again. Everybody should be filled with the spirit. But here's what happens then is that you would be spirit led. And when you're spirit led, that's when you're giving the Holy Spirit the time to speak into your heart and to correct you on this and to guide you on this and to reveal you to you and remind you and let you know. How many of you have ever said something before and then right afterwards you feel, it's off. You know, or you told some big grandiose story and you walk away and go, none of that was true. Or you snapped back at somebody and you're like, that was wrong. That's the Holy Spirit working with you. That's the Holy Spirit working. Let him lead you. Let him help you. And what will happen as a result of this, and this is where we're we're headed, is that we would spirit formed. That Christ would be formed in us. That his life would be in our life. That our life would be the outliving of his life. Not because we're trying so hard, but because we're formed in this. And it's not going to happen without this process happening. And right in here is where you're establishing convictions in your life. The Holy Spirit's helping to do that. Settling these things in you. They're formed in you. And then you're going to be making right decisions and right directions. Amen. Let me give you one more here tonight, and then um, we're gonna, we'll close up for tonight. Romans chapter 2, verse uh, 14 and 15, in the New Living Translation. It says, even Gentiles, and this is reference to um, people apart from any covenant with God, who do not have God's written law, show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it, even without having heard it. They demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts. Did you know that? For their own conscience and thoughts either accuse them or tell them they are doing right. Your own conscience and thoughts will either accuse you or excuse you. And you need to listen on the inside. And again, that's one of the ways that the Holy Spirit, you don't want your conscience to be seared. You don't want it to be calloused. You don't want it to become numb. How would it become calloused or numb? You keep ignoring it. Don't harden your heart to God. Don't harden yourself toward your conscience. And you know what? You'll hear and know things. Don't just chime in. Yeah, that's right with everybody. Listen on the inside. Get the truth. Constant exposure to the word. You're doing a wonderful thing. Getting yourself to church tonight. Obviously, you have some kind of conviction about I should go to church. How often should you go to church? Some of you are like, oh, we're going to change the subject, you know. But it's an important, important thing, and you need to have convictions about all these things. Start to listen on the inside because the Holy Spirit will work with your conscience, and you're going to be able to sort these things out. I've got some other things that we're going to do on this, but, but folks, listen to me. It's time. Everybody say, it's time. It is time that there are certain issues that we, we don't just, well, I'll get my 
conviction from Wikipedia and watching Oprah reruns. That's not going to serve you well. It's time that you do the work, wrestle this thing to the ground, get things settled on the inside. What do I believe? Why do I believe it? And, and when you do it in the right way, I'm going to tell you what, right decisions, right directions, good stuff. Amen? Amen. All right, I've got to stop right there. I'd hope to get done, and we didn't get near done. So guess what? We'll pick up again next Wednesday. Did you get anything at all out of this tonight? All right, good deal.